Welcome to Geekly Speaking, a podcast about all things geek, movie, games, comics, television, and everything in between. I'm Jamie Leanne. I'm Cameron Pilo. And this week we're talking about Captain America Civil War and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, we went to watch Civil War the Friday it came out. Was it Friday? Yeah, we watched it on Friday, I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, we did. And we actually watched it while we were on vacation. That's how much we wanted to see this movie. True. And... I surprisingly kept myself unspoiled. Me too. I, I I knew nothing. I was afraid, like, I would go on the internet, somebody's going to say something about the movie, and then it's going to be like, well, that just blew it all for me. Well, I mean, also since we're on vacation, I mean, we are more or less disconnected from the general internet chatter because, you know, when we're at home or at work, obviously, eventually we're going to get bored. And we're going to get on Facebook or Twitter or some random bit is going to pop up on the internet, whether it be like a promoted headline on Facebook or whatever. And just out of sheer habit, we're going to be like, oh, what are they talking about? And you're going to click it and all of a sudden half the movie is spoiled. Exactly. So because we're on vacation, you know, in Vegas, kind of obviously we're walking around, doing some shopping, not drinking. I, a lot of people were like surprised by that idea. It's like, not drinking while in Vegas? It's crazy. Um, but we com- were completely just out of it. We're like, we went into it, you know, completely fresh. We knew thing people are going to just, there's going to be a disagreement and people are going to fight. And that's mm-hmm. pretty much all we knew. Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, were hyping up Black Panther and Spider-Man mm-hmm. yeah. for people who've seen it earlier than its release date. Yep. And I believe America was the last country to actually get Captain America. Yeah. They do this. I think some movies do this weird thing where... They'll, like, release it, like, a day early in the UK or something, or maybe a few days early in the UK, or maybe a few days early in China. Um, I guess just depending on who gets the drop. But, I mean, for, like, general public, yeah. But I'm sure for, obviously, early screenings um, and, you know, the world premiere, obviously, you know, people are going to see it. Um, But there's an embargo up for all information coming out review-wise until the movie is released to the general public. Because remember when we were at ECCC and uh, Hal Rudnick of Screen Junkie said he saw it. And mm-hmm. that was, what, beginning of April, I think? Yeah. So, I mean, they saw it like a month early. So, you know, it's like, and he didn't spoil anything. He just said that Spider-Man was pretty damn cool. That's basically all he said. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about highlights of the movie. What was your favorite thing that happened? Parts, scene, character? Uh, I'm going to go a little bit of a off the beaten path so to speak because a lot of people are obviously really hyping up the the airport scene the big fight where we see in all the promos you know rather that fight was really good but i'm gonna have to go with the conversation between captain america and scarlet witch this is towards the beginning of the film and scarlet witch is kind of dealing with a i guess an existential crisis about her powers and how what it means to be a hero and cap just kind of lays down some hard truth on her and you hear a line in the in the trailer, and he says like, you know, we go we go in and we save as many people as we can, but that also means we can't save all of them. And we and he basically says we have to accept that, or else we're not going to be able to save anybody. And I felt that was just a via a very realistic expectation of what it means to be a hero is that you obviously go into it with. Up the utmost enthusiasm and optimism thinking you're going to go in and everyone's going to be okay because that's what you're there to do 
and in early in the film, not they get the bad guy, but not everything's okay at the end, and some bad things happen, and Scarlet Witch is kind of like the at the forefront of that whole catastrophe. It just felt like Cap was just laying down some hard truth, and it was just something that she herself, being a brand new hero, needed to hear. I thought that was just a very tender moment, and there's a really cool spot that I saw on the internet later that there's actually a little nod to Quicksilver. A little nod to Pietro. So, maybe go see it again. I can maybe point it out to you. Okay. That will be on our things to watch for next time. Yes. I would have to say my favorite aspect of this movie was people saying this is totally Avengers 3. I felt like it really was a Captain America movie. It was a Captain America movie. At the heart of it, at like its soul, everything that they're dealing with is totally Captain America. Mm -hmm. And that's... That was my favorite thing about it. If Even with this huge cast, yeah. you know, Age of Ultron had that problem where they had just so many people in that cast and there's so many people on the screen. With, even with so many people in this movie, I feel like at the end of the day, I can still see it being a Captain America movie. Yeah, I mean, because when you look at it, movies like Adventure... We have to close the window. Okay. Someone had, someone had a real-life motorcycle. <laughs> but when you look at the movies like Age of Ultron or even the original, the first Avengers film, everyone needs their highlight moment. And that's really hard to do because if you do it once in Avengers, you have to obviously make it bigger in the next one. And obviously you're going to have to make it bigger in the next one. And then at the end of the day, someone's going to get the short end of the stick. Hawkeye was a clear example of that in the first Avengers. You know, he did not get his time in the spotlight all that much aside for him you know shooting arrows off the top of the building i completely agree that this is at the forefront of captain america movie and i think that's it's kind of a high road to take because i felt that the russos said this is what we're making and these other people are in it and they're gonna help drive it but this is all about him and and things that happen around him but if you were to pick a moment in that film that you really loved could you think of one I think my favorite moment of the whole film was Vision talking about how basically the bad guys came to be. Okay. Everybody sort of is so very human and they don't really see, you know, how they affect the world, I Mm -hmm. guess. And him just bluntly saying, you know, you guys are inspiring this, basically. You guys help cause this rash of bad guys coming out of the woodwork and you know he says it very politely i think yeah but at the same time it's like the hard truth it's really interesting to have somebody who's not human tell you this sort of thing right like obviously he's looking at it you know from analytical let's say analytical perspective and not so much through emotion you know if somebody's telling you that He's not lying. He has no purpose or motive to lie. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, him just coming out and saying that was actually, I thought that was a really cool scene when they're just like sitting around. Yeah. Like, you learn to appreciate the really small moments in this film. Obviously, there's the big spectacle, you know, with the fighting and like the action, the, the hardcore parkour and whatnot. But I think what really drives this film is those small, slow moments that just really just kind of make you think and i like a movie that makes you think you know not like you have to like wrap your hand around it seven different ways in order to figure it out but just like a movie that kind of just takes you and just says 
think about this for like a second and then you do and then you have appreciation for it so what about least favorite my least favorite moment or thing about the film would have to be i think it would be the the underutilization of crossbones okay yeah okay because you know you see all of the merchandising that's coming out with it like he's you know got figures and things like that and i was just expecting him to be a part of the big bad throughout the movie yeah and the fact that you know he dies right at the beginning spoiler alert i mean we gave away a little bit of spoilers already (laughs) yeah we kind of yeah but okay you know he dies in the first 10 minutes you're not missing much and so it's like i really was hoping for a little bit more out of that character me too I really thought that even if he didn't get a lot of screen time here, if you know, even if he was like a side bad guy, mm-hmm. there there's always one of those in a movie. Then maybe he could be in, I guess, Captain America four or mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. I just I was expecting a little bit more. Kind of sad we didn't get it. Yeah. You know what? That's actually I was actually thinking something. I mean, my mom is different, but I was also thinking about the same lines that they didn't utilize him that much because. In the Civil War comic, when Steve Rogers is arrested and taken up to Capitol Hill for his trial, Crossbones is the one who shoots him. He's the he's the one who shoots him like through the neck, and then he's like not dead, but he's like hurt, incredibly hurt and like dying. But then another person is the one who ultimately kills him. But Crossbones is that person who fires the initial bullet. And I was kind of like going into the film, I thought something like that was going to happen. Um, I was kind of hoping that maybe he would be the right, right, like, because you never find out in the film where they ask who's the buyer. They, he never said who the buyer was. Mm-hmm. As far as I remember, he didn't say, like, who he was working for. So I was kind of hoping that he would be, like, the right hand guy to the big bad. But then we find out that the big bad is, um, kind of very underplayed, which I, which I appreciate also. Um, but for me, my least favorite moment is, this happens really early in the film, and it really bothers me because I, it drew parallels from another film. Was the whole guilt trip on Tony Stark, and when he's doing he's doing a like a conference in at MIT for the graduates, and there's a woman there who essentially gives him the Jerry Maguire. And if you've seen Jerry Maguire, there's a scene where Tom Cruise is sitting there with one of his agents, or not one of one of his players, and this kid literally berates him saying that this is like his dad's like eighth concussion you know you don't care this is what you're all about and he said and obviously jerry Maguire is kind of passing it off and it kind of helps him grow a conscience but for me it's like tony should have like known this kind of thing already like obviously you're not gonna people are gonna die in engagements people you know people who are in the wrong place at the wrong time it's collateral damage it's a thing it we happens. had an entire movie about this as well with iron man 3 exactly where he's dealing with the repercussions of the first avengers movie yeah and it's just like it's like really you needed someone to hand you a photo and basically tell you that you're not a hero dude you are a hero you have saved countless lives but because this one person and then that's not the devalue the person who died but it's just like it just seems very Oh, we need you. We need you to do a heel turn right here, and this is the thing that does it. And it just felt very, very Jerry Maguire, very out of place. It just seemed really awkward to me, and I just, I was like, uh, thinking about, it, I was just like, I was not a fan of it. And I think they were also trying to do that with 
um, the whole breakup with Pepper. And I don't think they did it very well. Yeah. I think that they were trying to correlate that, you know, the breakup was caused by all of this carnage yeah. that's basically have happened. And we only hear about it through dialogue, so it's not as impactful as if you see it. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to get another Iron Man. It probably is not going to happen. Uh, he's kind of changing his tune on it recently. So he's 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 more he's he's warming up to the idea. Obviously something like what happened in Sokovia would cause some strain yeah. in their relationship. I'm not doubting that. Oh yeah. But I definitely think that they underplayed yet overplayed that Pepper breakup. Mm-hmm. They I think they forced it. Yeah. And I I'm a little sad about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of a bummer that we didn't get our, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow. But, I mean, to my knowledge in the comics, like, he was never in a relationship with Pepper Potts. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I think they're always very strictly professional. I mean, if I'm misquoting, I'm misquoting. We're safe to say that even though we've had some moments that we did not like about it, did you like the film? Yeah. Overall, I thought it was a very good film. I thought the pacing was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I do have an issue with how the film ended. Okay. I thought that the pacing went really, really, really well up until Bucky and Steve get on a plane and they're off to Siberia, Yes, I believe. And I thought that that's where the movie was going to end. And I I felt like that would have been enough for me Mm -hmm. because it would have, I don't know. It would have ended on a cliffhanger then. It would have. And... Honestly, I I wasn't really prepared for what was coming next. It kind of had a climax, and then it kind of rolled downhill and then had another climax. Yeah. Which was kind of confusing to me. I thought that the raft scene, yes, as much as it was powerful to see them in their cells and see basically what happens to them when they go against the accords was kind of cool to see i just didn't think it was necessary mm-hmm. i think that we could have got there without all of that mm-hmm. no i can i completely hear you i mean i i do feel that like when everyone's ends up in jail it's just like it's a little downtrodden i believe is the word i mean but you know it's 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 fun though i mean at the same time because like you got to see all these characters in this you know in this position um but i too also really enjoyed the film all things considered, I think one of my biggest gripes, and this is not just a moment, this is my overall feeling towards the film in general, is that I feel that everybody is, like, invulnerable, except when the plot demands you get hurt. You know, it's like, we saw, like, you know, Black Widow get thrown, like, spun around, like, spun, thrown into, like, a, like, a car, and her spine literally hits, like, the edge of the car, and it's like, I'm sorry, that's gonna hurt. You know, it's like, I just felt like everyone was very invulnerable and, like, things did not really hurt until it needed to hurt, you know? It's like, I, and we see people, like, just regular people, you see, like, Black Widow and Hawkeye and Falcon and Bucky, like, just getting rattled, and yet, they're more or less fine. I mean, Spider-Man gets hurt, but he's like, okay, I'm hurt now, and it's like, oh, it's because the plot demands that you are no longer in this movie until the end credits scene. It just felt like nothing really was at stake in terms of, like, people getting hurt. Like, I expected someone to die. And no one died. I mean, granted, Rhodey gets hurt. That's not a spoiler. You see him on his back with a blown-out arc reactor in the trailer, so it's not a spoiler. 
But Rhodey gets hurt, but that's about it. Only because the plot demanded it. So that kind of just bugged me in general. Like it just felt like everyone was very Superman. Everyone was a super soldier in this movie. I do have to say that airport fight sequence with Scarlet Witch and how she was just like throwing stuff around. I was just like, damn. No, that that airport scene is completely beast. Mm-hmm. And Spider Man just talking the entire time. Like he was literally the fanboy of that movie. Oh, yeah. He's like, you've got a metal arm? That's so cool. <laughs> That's exactly how a fan person would react that, if they met Winter Soldier. If they met anybody with a metal arm, like a legit fully functional metal arm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I would act the exact same way. It's like, That's so dope. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the, the the jury is back in on the whole airport scene. We Everyone knows it's amazing. For me, it's like Sp- Spider-Man was fantastic. I loved the... The back and forth banter between Falcon and Winter Soldier, and just like those two, like have like such animosity for each other. It's like I hate. Like they're, they're both a... trying to be Steve's best friend. Yes, and they're like, and there's a scene where Falcon just literally says, "I hate you." Yeah. <laughs> it's great. You know, it's like I feel like they're the odd couple of the entire of the entire film, and mm-hmm. it just it it gave me. They were the comic relief without actually being in the comic relief exactly like that whole part where they're in the car and he's like can you move up he's like nope just like it's not happening (laughs) i don't know what you're talking about he he just scooted over then (laughs) and then when he kisses uh sharon carter which i kind of felt was kind of that was a little another part that was kind of bugging me a little bit i mean we know that agent 13 and steve get together in the comics do they? I'm pretty sure they do. I mean, they probably I, hooked up a few times. But I think he's they, also hooked up with, with uh, Black Widow before. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess it just depends. But uh, it's like, it just kind of felt really... I mean, they kind of had this very flirty chemistry a little bit. And then there's that, they say, uh, and when they when he kisses her, she says, about time. It's like, I'm pretty sure you guys have spent virtually zero time together since the events of Winter Soldier and the little bit here. So I'm kind of a little iffy on this whole thing. I mean, granted, he did have he did have romantic feelings towards Peggy, and she also to him. I just kind of felt he was projecting his feelings for Peggy onto Sharon without really no, realizing it. Mm-hmm. But though we did get a funny moment with uh, Sam and Bucky in the car, and Sam just has a grin on his face and just nodding his head, and Bucky winks. Yeah. And Steve's like, damn it. And... That, I just that part kind of expecting them to like throw thumbs up or start applauding and that sort of thing, you know. Yeah, just just a little, or or a courtesy clap, little, <laughs> <laughs> just something. I was having expecting that, but I I hope to see more of Sam and Bucky. Just just a buddy cop film, maybe. Yes, I'm they, asking they can, for it. They can join with Poe and Finn. Yes, odd couple. <laughs> but I mean, the thing is that Finn and Poe are like best friends and i just want to see like the rivals that like work super well together but just do not like each other i would just, yeah so that's what i'm asking for i'm asking not a buddy cop movie because they're not buddies but i guess rival cop movie i suppose kind of like um take on cash then they become buddies at the end um i do want to mention the funny like this is to me the funniest scene in the entire movie was mm-hmm. when spoilers Maybe not spoilers because there's been merchandise about it when Ant Man becomes Giant Man. Oh, that's so beast. And he was basically like, Don't worry, I've done this a lot of times. Well, once in a lab and I fainted. And I'm like, That is exactly the kind of humor that I like, you know, where it yeah. starts off like, 
really, really great, and you're like, oh, no, no. Just completely, continuously downgrades. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I was just like, <laughs> I was dying. Yeah, you were. I saw your face. And Giant Man was the truth. Mm-hmm. I mean, that... Can't we just say the airport scene is just amazing? Yes. That's, that's all it is. Just It's amazing. And I like how they addressed the collateral damage issue because they literally evacuated everyone before the fighting went down. Exactly. Which was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Which is something probably DC should probably do, but I don't want to throw shade on DC. But, yeah, no. The airport scene is amazing. Black Panther is fantastic. Giant Man and Spider-Man were fantastic. And everyone else who's been in this stuff before has always been good. It's just that... Like, those three really kind of just, like, they, they they brought it up. You know, it's, like, pretty sure you got, you're somewhere pretty good, but then you just got these small spikes of this Black Panther, Giant Man, uh, Spider-Man, just boom, boom, boom. And they all haven't really totally close together. So, it's always, it's, this is one of those things that keep you in the movie and really hype you up. Mm-hmm. So, how does it rank for you? Like, because I know your favorite's Guardians. Yes, um... I think this would be... I want to say it's maybe four. Okay. I still do think Guardians and Winter Soldier are better movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are saying that this is better than Winter Soldier. For me, Winter Soldier just felt a lot more grounded, and it felt like something I could believe. And they had, I think it had a really good flow. Oh, God. Like I, I remember Winter Soldier, I was like never bored in that film. I was never bored in this film either, but there were parts where I was just like... I can't think of a notable part in Winter Soldier where I just kind of like scratched my head and slightly groaned. Not because of the pacing, but maybe because of the subject matter. You know, like I said earlier, the better, the really good parts of these movies is parts that really slow down and really help you think, you know. You know, the conversation between Cap and Tony. In the previews, this looks like they're going at each other and they're about, in, you know, in the conversation in the conference room. You think they're like arguing, but they're literally just having a conversation about different ways of thinking. And I actually really appreciated that scene. But, you know, there was the parts, like I mentioned, my least favorite part with the whole Jerry Maguire bit or, I don't know, it's just like, just parts like that just really kind of just kind of down, brought the film down for me just a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, the sudden heel turn with Tony and, you know, at the very, very end. Um, no spoilers on that one. But there was just certain parts that just kind of like, uh, this is kind of, this a small little crack. <laughs> But yeah, and Winter I just Soldier wonder where they're gonna, how they're gonna bring that back. Yeah, I mean, if they bring it back and it's like fine, then I'll be like, okay. I mean, obviously, there's more films coming down the pipeline. Then we're gonna get to that next. And yeah, for me, Winter Soldier is still my favorite. And I mean, I think I have a very special place for Ant Man, and definitely Guardians. And so I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave it at that. And I guess Ultron also, only because of Hawkeye. If yeah, you don't Hawkeye love- was. Hawkeye is life, and if you don't love Hawkeye, you don't love life, basically. <laughs> is That's our motto. That's, that, that is a motto. That's a motto. So, okay, so that being said, since we've got more movies coming down the pipeline, we're now officially in Phase 3, and we're essentially looking forward to Doctor Strange, Guardians, Thor, Black Panther, Captain Marvel. In humans, a hero is, like, cut out. Yeah, it's kind of up in the air. I think it depends on what happens with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because that's where they started to introduce the Inhumans. And honestly, I have not kept up with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Maybe it's time to start watching it. I watched the first season, so... Yeah, I, I haven't watched any of it. And we also we also need to watch Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Season 2. Not season 1, we've seen season 1. But we need to do Daredevil season 2. Luke Cage is coming out in November. 
And then, yeah. And then, aside from it, uh, in humans, we also have Infinity War, but that just got changed. The title changed. They don't know what it is yet, but it's not Infinity War Part 1 and 2 anymore. It's something else. Mm, interesting. That, but they're, because it's apparently like two separate, very separate movies that just happen to deal with the same subject matter. So they're kind of like not doing this Part 1, Part 2 BS. Yeah. So. Sure, since, they're not going to try and make it three parts like how some movies are doing nowadays. What movie's gone three parts? The Hobbit. Oh, God. That's a one book, I guys. Know. It's one book. I know. You don't need to put it into three parts. No, you don't. That's why uh-huh. I hated Smog. I sat in Smog and I was bored. Okay. So, out of these potentially eight films, maybe even maybe seven films if Humans does not work out, what are you looking forward to the most? Well, in Captain America, we've already seen that. So, out of these six, potentially seven films. What do you want to see most? I want to see all of them. Well, I know, but it's like, if you were to pick one, I want to see them all, too. We're going to see them all. It's like, it's inevitability when they, boom, 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 opening weekend, we're there. So, I mean, out of these ones, what are you looking forward to? So, I'm definitely looking forward to Doctor Strange, and we talked about this previously. You know, I'm in love with Benedict Cumberbatch, no offense, but... um, You mean bibbidi-bop-dibbidi-bop? Exactly. (laughs) Bermish match, Kermish match. I don't even know. <laughs> it's but. fun to do. It's fun. <laughs> um, I'm very excited to have him joining the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. But I think out of all of these films, I'm probably most excited for Captain Marvel. We don't have somebody cast yet for Captain Marvel. Like, this is going to be their first female. The female-led role, yeah. Yeah. And I I know their Wonder Woman is beating them to the punch in this, but I... I have very high hopes for this movie, and also because it's gonna it's gonna tie in the Guardians because yeah. it's part of Marvel Cosmic, so they're gonna tie into each other. Which is your favorite films out of this series? So yeah. I mean, and I do think that they are gonna tease her in that movie. Oh yeah, because they are right. they're they're a year apart. They come out a year from each other, so it's like things are going down. Yeah, man, 2017 is gonna be a big year though. Exactly. Same with 2018 also, if Inhumans actually falls through. Um, for me, I mean, you want you want to do Doctor Strange. For me, I can't... Okay, I only say this because it has me probably the most curious in what they're going to do with it, because I don't know where they're going to lead. Um, with Captain Marvel, you can lead it to a bunch of different... You can lead it a bunch of different ways. I mean, they might have, like, say, a Green Lantern-esque kind of feel to it obviously very solo film and dealing with the cosmos but i i'm curious what they're going to do with black panther i mean people were talking about how after seeing civil war they can they can see black panther getting his own movie which i found was ridiculous because black panther's a beast he's amazing and he he's he's like a a, like engineer like billionaire because he owns a country king and he knows how to kick a lot of ass and he was a boss in the in civil war um, and I felt he was very much the, like, the pure, he was the person who was brought into it because he had his own personal gain from it, but then after realizing that he was incorrect, spoilers, he's like, I- I'm, I'm done. He's like, I'm, I'm done and I'm just gonna do what I need to do. And what happened at the end of the, in the mid credit scene, you know, I'm just very curious to what his story is gonna revolve around. You know, is it gonna be about his time being a king? Is it gonna be about... You know, people coming into Wakanda in order to steal vibranium or looking for Captain America and Bucky and all the rest of the Avengers. I mean, I'm fairly certain because we're getting Spider-Man, we're getting Iron Man and Spider-Man 
we might get Captain America in Black Panther. So I'm just really curious about how that's going to happen. I think it's going to be a very kind of political film. And I'm just really curious of what they're going to do with it. Because I don't know anything what they can do with it. I just felt like, oh, they go into hiding and we're just going to wait, I guess. And he says, he kind of eggs people on when in the post credit scene um, where he says, you know, it's like, if they're going to come after us, let them come. And he's like, he has this very cocky-esque attitude about it. So I'm just like, what's he going to do? So I'm just, I, it has been the most curious because I just don't, I do not know where it's going to go. So I'm... Greatly looking forward to back Black Panther. I'm also um, looking forward to the third Thor, Ragnarok. Okay. Mainly, not because of how Thor 2 went, the Dark World, but just because of the ending. Because we see Loki being Odin. Yeah. And I just, I'm so freaking excited for that fallout. Yeah, it's like, oh, snap. Because you don't know what happened to Odin. Exactly. You don't know what happened to Odin. Loki is presumed dead, so he's, like, skulking in the shadows. And Ragnarok has to deal with this, um, like, essentially the end of the world. It's like a cataclysmic event that happened, that affects all the realms. Kind of like how the ether and the convergence happen in the Dark World. And I actually enjoyed Dark World. I mean, it's a little different but i mean it's fun because you get to actually see thor and loki work together yeah you know so and thor has not thor is probably not going to show up until thor ragnarok he's gone he's awol he's been awol since age of ultron so i'm like what's he been doing and it was actually i don't know if you saw this um chris hemsworth like did a video and he was like basically you know why aren't you in thor he's like well i wasn't invited oh you mean it's a war he's doing the pull-ups yeah you know he's totally faking yeah (laughs) i was like I was watching that video. I was like, yeah, he's faking those. But still, it's funny. Yeah. Um, they did give a little nod to, you know, him and Hulk being missing. It was understandable why mm-hmm. the Hulk was not there. He was gone at the end of Age of Ultron. So Isolation. we probably are not going to see him until maybe the next Avengers. Uh, Hulk actually said, I think they said Hulk is going to play a role in Ragnarok. Ooh, that would be fun. Yeah. Um, it could be possible that this is a major could um, it could be possible that because there's a there's a storyline in which well it's a, it's a it's an animated film in which essentially they separate Bruce Banner from Hulk and Hulk becomes his own entity and he's actually placed under their control by Enchantress who is kind of like Loki's you know right hand woman she's also an Asgardian like they're like the one two punch and essentially she puts him under his control and goes on a rampage and literally just messes up all of asgard and maybe hulk is the one who brings for i mean i don't know how ragnarok works but maybe he's the one who kind of kickstarts ragnarok you know because they hinted at ragnarok and what's going to happen but maybe hulk is the one who actually starts the whole thing via loki's influence because they haven't introduced enchantress yet so they might, and if they don't, they can just probably retcon it so that way it's just Loki who does it. Because mm-hmm. it was Loki's grand scheme to get rid of Thor in the animated film. So, yeah, he's going to be in Ragnarok with Thor. So that's going to be very interesting. Um, that's going to be, yeah, we know, who knows? Because no, they haven't said anything about it, aside mm-hmm. from the fact that Hulk was supposed to be in Civil War. But then he was taken out. I think he was supposed to be in a post credit scene in favor of the Spider-Man and Black Panther one, and they're going to give him more of a shot probably in the later parts, maybe even Doctor Strange or Guardians 2. Probably I would say Guardians 2 because Dark World hinted went into Guardians. Mm-hmm. So maybe it would be an interesting like flip on that one. Yeah. 
And then the other two movies, The Inhumans, which we were talking about, may or may not happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a reason why, you know, we should definitely be keeping up with the television shows because they either lead into the movie or there's parts of it that it's kind of like the aftermath yeah. of the movie. Um, and so I think that this is one that's probably going to be tied in more with mm-hmm. what's happening yeah. um, in television. And then we have the Avengers. I yeah. guess this would be the third Avengers Yep. Um, at this point. Mm-hmm. And I I mean, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. It's it's a wonderful time to just be a moviegoer and just like a comic fan or an, a Marvel fan or what have you. I mean, I've always enjoyed Marvel stuff when I watched like Marvel media. Not so much the comics because obviously I was young, but like the Spider-Man TV show, the X-Men TV show. You know, I was all about those cartoons early on. And then, obviously, seeing X-Men in the theaters back in 2000 was just like, what? I mean, my only issue with those one thinking about it, is that how much how much they revolved around Wolverine. But that's because I'm not as much of a Wolverine fan as the average Marvel person, I guess. And I do like how each of the movies, despite them having their own style, you know, they have different directors for the mm-hmm. movies, they all still fit. Yeah, I mean, that was... They all still work. And that was the reason why Edgar Wright was taken out of Ant-Man is because his particular style of storytelling and his direction was not what uh, Marvel wanted. You know, they basically kind of wanted to put him in a box and seeing any Edgar Wright film, I mean, you look at the... Um, the I can't remember what it's called, his trilogy, which is Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and At World's, uh, World's End, or I think it's what it's mm-hmm. called. You know, that and plus Scott Pilgrim, you know, he has a very distinct direct, directing style. So, um, and they just weren't fitting. So they had to get, um, what was it, James Payton? Not too sure. I can't remember the director of Batman. I'm sorry. So, um, but, okay. So we know Phase 3. Now, there are rumors about Phase 4. Nothing is set in stone yet because essentially Phase 4 is after event infinity war and all that kind of stuff so i guess what has not been announced yet that you would probably want to see there was an interview with kevin feig about basically the characters that they were um introducing in this movie and which of them or even all the characters that were introduced previously which of them would get a their own movie yeah and he specifically called out black widow Mm -hmm. and I know everybody's been clamoring for one. I mean, mm-hmm. she is a very interesting character. Yeah, very checkered past. And I would be very interested to see that. I would definitely want to see that. Um, where does Spider-Man fall into this? Um, that's I can't remember. This might be a very outdated photo. It's very possible. Um, I think they might have added more to uh, Phase 3. Um, in recent, yeah, they did actually. They added Spider-Man: Homecoming, which is supposed to be Phase Three. Um, Ant-Man and Wasp is supposed to be Phase Three. So, I th- yeah, they they kind of retconned it a little bit and just kind of they took a step back. Some things got pushed forward, some things got pushed back. Unless we're looking at a very outdated uh, template. <laughs> no, no, this is pretty much the same one, just a uh, little or differently organized. So, Spider-Man: Homecoming is going to be you know to next year, and then along with guardians and thor and then black panther infinity war um and ant-man and wasp are going to be 18 and then 19 is captain marvel avengers infinity war 2 and then potentially the inhumans so spider-man is going to be next year 
Um, but you're saying about Black Widow. I would definitely love to see um, a little bit about her past and it coming back to haunt her. Okay. Um, you got a pitch? I don't have a pitch. You got, but a, you got, a, got a, like a half pitch? A I, quarter pitch? The problem is I haven't seen the second season of um, Agent Carter. Okay. The first season they introduced somebody who was in the same um, training program training school. program as Black Widow. Just so 50 years removed. Exactly. You know, these these people are everywhere. Yeah. Right? So it's like, I definitely would love to see her take on somebody from the same training program. Okay. And I don't know how that would look. I would just, I would love it to be like her past catching up to her. Okay. All right. And you know, that actually goes into my, uh, I guess, pseudo, like, not pseudo, more like my half pitch. Because... There is another character that is yet to really feel, get the light of day, you know, the spotlight shined on him and really explore him. And that is my favorite character thus far, aside from, because from, he's a fantastic supporting character, but he needs his own film, damn it. And that's Hawkeye. <laughs> Hawkeye needs his own film. You know, that's just the way it is. And along the lines you're going, because I told you this, I think it was last week that I spent about a good 20 minutes of my workday reading on my phone essentially the the backstory of Mr. Clint Barton. And, and I knew a little bit about it. And I would like to see, because we know he, you don't know this, but he was an orphan and he was adopted, he was adopted by a traveling circus. And he was learned. He was taught archery by a guy named Trickshot, and he was learned. And he was taught swordsmanship by a guy named Swordman, uh, Swordman or Swordsmaster. I think it's Swordman. Excuse me. That's how he learns this all this stuff. He tries to become. Uh, he sees Captain America, becomes a spy, tries to be a hero, screws up, gets in trouble, gets on the wrong side of the law. He's like, "Oh crap! Big misunderstanding. I was trying to help," and then gets on the wrong side of the Avengers, and then like, he's like, "No, I'm sorry. It wasn't my." Anyway, we don't know anything about Hawkeye in the cinematic universe aside from the fact that he's an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. or was an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. He's now an Avenger and he has a wife and three kids. I kind of want him to go back to, I want him to explore a very personal story and this could be in phase four. So let's say for instance, that in Infinity War, Thanos just wrecks everything. Let good chunk of the earth or world is just demolished. And I'm gonna go a little somber on this. I think that potentially his wife and children could die. And the reason I'm doing this is because, not so much because of Thanos, but I would like to see something where the confusion of Thanos, a character from Clint's past, comes back, finds out all the information because world's in chaos, information's getting spread around everywhere. They find his farm. They kill his wife and children. He finds out and he notices, notices that they're essentially shot with arrows. So he's probably thinking in his mind, it's trick shot coming back. And I want him to go like kind of like on a revenge trip, trying to track down trick shot or swordsman, you know, thinking that it could be one of these two people, probably trick shot. And there's a reason for this. He goes and he tracks down trick shot. But the thing is trick shot is he's like, can't he has cancer. He's dying. He's slowly dying. But he tells him there is someone out there who I also trained who's almost as good as you. And so he's trying to find out who it is. And it turns out it was Trickshot, but it was the next person to take that mantle. And it's Clint Barton's brother. Because that actually happens in the comics. So you're pitching comic right now. I'm essentially pitching comic where they kind of bring in Barton's backstory because they don't have, they haven't explored it at all. He's just this guy who uses a bow and he has a family. And the reason why he killed his family, not because of his brother, but 
more so that he actually ends up being involved with Mockingbird, who is um, Adrian Palacki's um, character in Agent of the Shield. So they actually end up together and are married for a time. And I, th- that was one thing why God's like, whoa, what's going on here? It's like, she's, he's not married to Mockingbird? What is this? So I th- it would be kind of a way to tie it in with uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well as the Marvel the Cinematic Universe, aside from seeing the ripple effect of all the events that happen. So I just wanted to see a very personal story in the same vein as Winter Soldier was a very personal story for Captain America and Steve Rogers because that's his like best friend who's essentially wreaking havoc as well as Civil War. So by bringing it back and becoming a family film, a family film per se, not in, you know, anybody can watch this film. I want it to be kind of dark, kind of really messed up because, you know, Clint's dealing with the death of his family. He's going on a journey for revenge. And it kind of would be a way to kind of sadly take out some of the some of the things and then kind of tie it back into the comics a little more and um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And introduces another another side. Of, it introduces his brother. I can't remember his name. I think it's Bar- Barney. I think it's Barney Barton, who takes up the mantle trick shot. Who's also an archer. So it'd be a way to add a villain, a way to incorporate to string together the show and movies, and give Hawkeye a good past, present, and future. Okay, well, I think that about covers what we want to talk about today. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. We haven't decided what next week's episode is like how we normally don't decide until a few days before we start (laughs) recording and um follow us on all the social media channels we'll link it down below Mm -hmm. working on the website so that should be up and running in the next couple weeks which will be fun yeah and yeah thank you so much yeah be sure to check out the vlog i mean you're gonna be editing um Shots from our shots from Vegas and whatnot, and you know, get to see a little bit of that. This is Geekly Speaking with Cameron and Leanne signing off. Bye. Bye.